0: Welcome to the C2C podcast. I am your host, Derek Anderson. After holding my first event in 2010, I went on to create Startup Grind, a 400-chapter community based in over 100 countries. Along the way, I discovered the greatest marketing tool of all time, your customers. Yet, I couldn't find anyone sharing how to build a community where people could experience your brand in person, or at scale. On this show, we talk with the brightest minds and companies on the planet, about how to build customer-to-customer marketing strategies and create in-person experiences for your brand and customers before your competitor does. I'm excited to have our next guest, Erin Wayne, who is a director of community and creator marketing at Twitch. She's worked at Twitch for over six years, started off managing their partnership with Minecraft, and is now head of community. We're going to explore how a company with such extremely active and passionate online community members were able to bring that to real life with their C2C program. Take a listen. Aaron, tell us what Twitch is and what in the world do you do there?
1: Wow. Loaded question to start off with. Very easy. Uh, Twitch is one of the leading sites on the internet right now to consume live video game content. We like to refer to it as multiplayer entertainment because the cool thing about Twitch is that when you are watching the content, it's not a singular experience that you have the opportunity to engage with other people, whether that's through chat or emotes or extensions on the video player? You can impact the gameplay, contribute to the ecosystem, and it is a super wonderful experience. So that's what Twitch is. And I am the head of community and creator marketing at Twitch. And my role at Twitch is to run campaigns that are aimed at what we call the one-to-many. So we utilize creators and their communities to market things out to the broader Twitch community. So we talk about things like Black History Month, Women's History Month. We talk about community spotlights like food and drink or music or sports. And then we also run campaigns that are aimed around making sure that users are engaged Educated and excited. Those are kind of our three buckets, which all sounds like a very broad spectrum. You could kind of put everything under those um, ladders, right? But what we do is making sure that when we're talking to creators or we're using streamers to talk about a service or a product or an activation, that what we're really doing is making sure at the core of it, each one of those components contains that really awesome interactive element, which is what makes Twitch so special.
0: Biggest lesson you've learned from launching these C2C events for Twitch?
1: It's been a really interesting experience because we started community meetups out of a necessity, right? So we didn't go out and start campaigning and asking the community to start these events. They were already so geared up and passionate about what Twitch is that they were running these events on their own. And so what we did is we had to build a formula and a program around allowing them and empowering them to continue doing these events while also doing what we obviously have to do as a brand, which is protect our name and our licenses and our trademarks and all of those kind of things. And so The learning experiences have come many times over in a lot of different ways. The first was just how do we do that, right? And how do we make sure that what we do is not intrusive to what they're already doing, right? They're already going out and having these events. And we certainly do not want to curb that or do anything that makes them lose their enthusiasm for taking their time and their energy and hosting these events. And we also want to add a layer of empowerment, but again, within the restrictions of like making sure that... They are open access to everyone, that somebody doesn't feel like a part of the meetup has a barrier to entry. So money is a huge issue for a lot of users. And so we don't want to make money a barrier to entry, uh, but we obviously have to make sure that they can fund their groups. And so how do we do that? So there's been a lot of challenges to overcome when figuring out exactly how to make this program run and hit that sweet spot. But it's also been really interesting for the cultural piece, because we have now 50 cities all across the United States, Canada, London, Germany, Australia, and each one of those meetups has their own purpose, and they each run a very different way. So what works in Vancouver does not work in Adelaide, does not work in Chicago. And we also have to be able to empower them in a way that's consistent and scalable, but still meets the needs of their very individual groups.
0: One thing that's interesting about the Twitch community, I never, I've never seen in any other community ever, is you talk about this sort of organic nature people organizing. Of all places for them to organize, they were organizing on like Twitter groups. None of you remember this, but it's like when I first saw that, I was like, "What in the? What are they doing?" And it was just, it was almost just like this cry for help, right? Of like, like, please, like, you know, help us, help us, like, give us something. Like they, they, like they wanted it so bad, and they were trying so hard. I mean, it's such a it's such a like a uh, a testament to, you know, Twitch's power uh, and like what the value that they add to their community because it was like, you know, we'll just figure something out. And so somebody somewhere, you know, in the community decided that Twitter was the best place to do that.
1: Yeah, they were really kind of all over the board in how they were organizing and how they were kind of getting these registration processes and collecting information and data and getting people all organized to show up in one place and that was kind of the first thing that we said when we're able and we get this thing launched we have to make a single source of truth right because what was happening is they're all hosting their events and we were working with all of them but some of them were on twitter and some of them had discord and some of them were on another registration site right so There was no single source of truth for if I'm a Twitch user and I want to figure out if one of these events is actually sanctified and what we call powered by Twitch, which is kind of our sponsor terminology, there wasn't a place for them to be able to do that. And in order for us to be able to protect user information and make sure that there was consistent placing and making sure that we could validate that, yes, this group is part of our program, we really needed to get a single source and a single place where users could find and discover the events that they wanted to go to.
0: How do you see the offline community events benefiting Twitch's primary business, which is the online community?
1: So the beauty again of Twitch is that you have this interactive element, right? And what's core to all of us as people is that we really just want to engage with others, right? We really want to find our people and our tribe and find this place for us to belong. And sometimes that's online. But even the most introverted people occasionally would like to go out into the real world and celebrate. And what we were finding is that TwitchCon is a really great way for people to do that. And they really like engaging with other users who share their same interests. And there's just something so exciting about being able to walk up to somebody and like high fiving them or like giving them fist bump, right? And you want to be able to do those things. And so, users, whether they couldn't go to TwitchCon or they didn't have the money or they didn't have time or it was too far away, They really want to have those experiences. And that's what these meetups are great for. It's great for getting people together around a similar shared cause, celebrating what they love, having those moments. And we really look at our two events in in two different ways, right? You are there to say hi to your old friends or you're there to make new friends. And the beauty of what meetups does is that you can do both, right? You can make your new friends, but you can also say hi to your old friends in a place that, There is that an instant common connection. Hey, I'm on Twitch. You're on Twitch. What do you do? Are you a streamer? Cool. What kind of games do you play? Oh, you're a moderator. Who do you mod for? Yeah, I watch them too. There's an instant source of connection and an instant talking point that brings you together and makes that like first fear of reaching out and being like, do you want to be my friend? Much easier because you have an instant shared connection.
0: When you have a community as large as Twitch, you probably have hundreds or thousands of people who could be the local organizer for their city. How do you pick who that person is supposed to be?
1: So we've actually removed that element um, to the program. And so we've empowered users to say, if you're in an area and you don't have a a meetup there, start one. And then in order to join the program, they have a certain number of qualifications that they have to meet. So they have to have two meetups already under their belt that had 20 or more people at that meetup. And what that does is one, shows us that they have the experience to know that hosting a meetup requires a lot of work and they're like in it for the long haul. They want to keep it going. And the second one is to show that if you get 20 or more people, there's a pretty good argument that there's enough of a user base in that city to warrant wanting to power one of these meetups and provide them with support and swag and all those other things. And so once somebody has done that, really, that's all there is. You could be a streamer, you could be a moderator, you could be a viewer, you could be just somebody that really likes hosting meetups. And if Twitch is your thing, like that's great. And it's worked out knock on wood so far so good.
0: How have you worked with internal marketing teams to promote the community and grow the program?
1: So our marketing campaigns work largely on our socials. So we obviously have our meetups.twitch.tv page, which is allows users to come find a community that's near them and register and all the great services that we um, have through that. And then We ran, when we first launched the single meetups.twitch.tv site, we ran in-house ads. So we, in general, users knew, oh, Twitch has these meetups. Maybe there's one near me. I'm going to go check it out. And then each month, we also do a collective recap on our Twitter that says like, hey, here's all the meetups for the month. Find one near you, go to the website, and here it goes. So a lot of our actual Twitch-owned socials run campaigns similar to that. But then each one of our meetups teams is required to have their own social. So they push out notifications through their Discord. They have their own Twitter account. Sometimes they also have like a Facebook or an Instagram. And so they utilize then also their own social channels to get information about their group out there.
0: I think it's this is one of the like secrets to these like creating great programs like this is that earlier this week, I was with a brand who has hundreds of millions of users and they were like, well, how do we get people to these events? It's like, you literally have hundreds of millions of users. Like just tell them about it. Like just put a, like a text link inside of the product or, you know, run ads in your own product or, you know, put it in the dashboard like to attend these things and make it, you know, location aware and the brands that do this. And there are a lot that do, uh, they thrive. These these programs thrive because you're, you're literally just sort of feeding the ecosystem. You're adding value to existing users. And, you know, you're just giving them a chance to find it, discover it. And who better to attend these things than, you know, the people that you're trying to retain.
1: Exactly. And I can say that that's been one of our largest growing opportunities for the program is that, we have to date not done a lot of targeted campaigns saying, hey, we noticed that you're in Cologne. We have a meetup in Cologne. You should come. A lot of There's a lot of restrictions and a lot of technical complexities behind us doing that. But that is kind of our next step. If we got it established, we know that it works. We know that we've gotten the kinks all ironed out. So now how do we leverage what we have at our disposal in terms of technology to get that information now out in front of the masses to really welcome them in and say hey we want you to be a part of this come on and come join on in that's really kind of our next goal here for 2020 is to elevate that experience
0: what metrics matter i would say what metrics matter to you like in charge of the program and then what metrics matter to the people that are allowing you know you to fund development on the program
1: so we've been really lucky thus far that when we first came up with the need of needing to do this program, because that's what it was, right? It was, oh gosh, there's all these things happening and we've got to control our brand and let's figure out how we can do that and empower these people. And once we got to that point, I think everybody collectively just thought, this is really cool. This is really cool. We don't want this to stop and we want this to grow. And like, there's a lot of opportunity here. And even though we didn't have a lot of data behind it, which was like, what to your point, like what matters to us, we were like, well, empowering the community matters to us. Like it's the right thing to do. And that's why we're doing it. And so now we're really at the point where we want to look at what's the user behavior of the people who attend meetups. Are they uh, moderators? Are they mostly affiliates? Do they spend more watch time on Twitch? Do they engage with the subscription product more? That's information we don't have that we should have relatively soon. And then what we can do from there is look at what matters to those subsets of users. And then how do we look at what matters to them and then elevate that meetups experience? So if they're moderators, do we send people out there to talk to them about new moderation tools and give them feedback if they're affiliates, do we get some of our biggest partners to go and give an inspirational talk about, you know, pursuing your dreams and streaming? What matters to them? And how do we make meetups an even larger part of that? And then from there, also then how do we look at users who are similar to that and go, hey, you're one of us. This is like really relevant to you. Come, come join us, right? So we were very fortunate for a really long time that everyone was just like, great this is awesome. We should do it. And we don't know why, but we're going to keep doing it. And we had a lot of support from our leadership that just thought it was cool shit, man. Right. So like now we get the benefit of using the data now that we have that at our disposal to now elevate it and make it even bigger and better.
0: So you used to run fundraising events for charity. Do I have that right? Like what, what lessons did you take from that that you've applied to this program for Twitch?
1: So fun fact, I have two college degrees and one of them is in nonprofit management. So I actually come from like an educational background. My first job out of college was I ran education at a nonprofit hospital for physicians and nurses. All of that came in really handy for my streaming career because when I started working with Extra Life, which is the charity that I partner with and have for gosh, a hundred years, being able to figure out What drives people to donate was really the biggest part. So sometimes people just want to rally around a good cause and they really want to support. A lot of people are emotionally invested, right? They want to know why their donation matters. They want to know where their money goes. They want to know who they're helping, right? And so partnering with Extra Life to get video documentaries that can run, you know, if I need to take a quick break or run to the restroom, that shows these miracle kids and where their money goes. And exactly, you know, the kids saying like, you helped me survive this traumatic brain injury because it paid for my whole entire stay at the hospital. That's really engaging to people. But then the other part is streaming is really fun and charity streams should be really fun. And so what kind of goofy stretch goals do we set that Get those people who are emotionally invested to go like, okay, I'll give you 20 more dollars because I really want to see you get pied in the face, right? That was, that's was that been like one of the biggest ones is my daughter got to pie me in the face live on stream. I ha- let my fiance do my makeup. I got a tattoo because of donations. So there's been a lot of things that empower people and really figuring out what that multi-prong approach to get all of the people who are watching empowered and, and engaged to donate is really the biggest lesson.
0: All right. As we wrap up, I know you like a lot. You love a lot of communities. I know people won't be able to see this, but I can, you know, we are seeing into your office and all of these different amazing trinkets and figurines and video game paraphernalia, but tell us what is one community you love and why do you love it? If you can narrow it down to one.
1: So I started out my like public gaming career in the Minecraft community. So I got to like give them a little bit of a shout out, but I would say, the community that I find most attractive in terms of like my gaming experience, since that's where I spend most of my time. And I can't say Twitch because I'm biased, right? So I would say The Sims is really interesting and really unique because The Sims is so diverse in the type of player that they have. They have male, they have female, they have every ethnicity. They are making their own mods for The Sims to add in extra character skin tones and hair textures. And you have people that specialize in Let's Plays and people that specialize in modding and people that specialize in building. Like, my gosh, they have a 100 different communities within a single community. And each one of them works really closely with EA and The Sims to feel empowered. And The Sims is constantly working on adding in content. So when they do a content pack, it's not just what new items do we have in the game for the builders? It's also, what clothes do we have for the Let's Players? What interesting new player engagements do we have for the Let's Players? Like they really think collectively about every single use case and every single person. So both from the community side and from the company side, I mean, it's bananas. They are doing so much that it's just really interesting to watch.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's b e v y l a b s. dot com slash pod.